episode 113, The Lost Tales, in which Colonel Lockley encounters an ancient evil and President Sheridan meets one from the future. From the pristine halls of an extraordinarily beautiful re-rendered Babylon 5 station, this is the name of the pod, the Babylon 5 podcast, where we discuss the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990s and early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Science fiction television program Babylon 5. My name is John Cassie, and I'm joined as always by my dear friend and co host, Chris Tatro. Hey, man. How are you, John? Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, living, in, we're living in times. Times they, we are living in. They are times to be sure. They are times to be lived in. Mm-hmm. And we are living in them. Yeah. And I don't know that I have anything more to add other than that because. No. Uh, you know, yeah. 2020. What is your problem? What is your deal? It's only June. It's only June, right? It, what 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 will September, you know, October, November? I you know, who knows? I, I I can't even think about it at this point. Right. It's just right. baffling. You know, I this, would um, this I would year generally that has offer six up, years long. Yeah, that's true. I would generally offer up locusts as the next, but they're already uh-huh. coming. So yeah. <laughs> we already know yeah. they're coming. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean the brood be something... nine seventeen-year cicadas or whatever the hell they are. Yeah, it, it'll be whatever we least expect, and uh, I'm sure it's not going to be great for anybody. Yeah, if we can if pretty much old. count on that. Yeah. Um, now, having said that, mm. you know, as we come to the end of our run here on Babylon Five and on the name of the pod, because this is our last episode of Babylon 5 content. Yes. You know, again, you know, listeners per our our decision to keep Crusade Crusade and Babylon 5 Babylon 5. There are other things that were made, but they are Crusade content and in the event that we it comes to pass that we decide to do a Crusade podcast, which I'm sure we will not do. Um, <laughs> I feel pretty confident in saying that, but in the event that we did we would do those movies there. So we have yeah. today two short films uh, sort of packaged as one concept, The Lost Tales. Um, and I say, if you've got to end, this is a pretty good end. It is. It is. And, and you know, these were intended to be the, the kickoff of an anthology series that then just didn't really go anywhere after that for various reasons but so it, it's kind of it's it's kind of sad that they were they were intended as a new beginning and instead they are the the final chapter mm-hmm. you know they're they're the bookend you know that they weren't but but they're they're not the bookend that they were supposed to be right right uh, uh so it, it would have been interesting to see you know, a series of these go on through the the early two thousands, the into the teens, maybe one every couple of years or something. But uh, you know, market forces weren't there for it or something. I mean, I'm not sure how well it was publicized. If if you know, as I said last week or last time, I never heard about it. Right. And, right. And it's the sort of thing that I think I would have paid attention to. Had I been aware of it. I would absolutely have watched it in its time. Yeah. Um, and 
it wasn't released at a time when I was fully into being a doctoral student, which mm-hmm. ganged to my movies and television. Like, there's a whole dead zone in the late 2000 aughts where mm-hmm. whatever was on television or whatever was in the movie house, I don't know. Yeah. I never saw it, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, Those years uh, are missing. In that way, yeah. <laughs> no games, no TV, no movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would definitely have watched, and I would have loved to have seen it in its time because for me, the biggest takeaway from this is not the storytelling because it's very small, personal mm-hmm. storytelling, right? It's not this kind of grand arc, right? But it's not the stupid stuff that you and I hate, the soul hunter kind of nonsense and everything. It's just very small right. stories, right? No, the, the takeaway for me of this is, dang it, does that station look good oh. in HD. That Holy is, that is Mary gorgeous. Mother McCree. Yeah, yeah. I watched it on my laptop and I was like, okay, I, I'm going to have to go down and, and pop this thing onto the, the big old... You know, hand crank TV that I've got in the basement. The right. You know, the 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 projection. You know, with the right. mirror, kind of the, you know, to, to to see it to <laughs> right, see it properly right. because. Right. Oh my word! That was that was just that was just gorgeous. Yeah. And yeah. And that's twelve years old now, and it looked amazing. Right. Right. You know the the it's the, ten years from sleeping in light to that. Another right. ten plus to now. Right. It's. It, I mean, give me a break, it, right? Yeah, the the progress in those in those first ten years. You know, I wonder if if kind of the 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 curve has has flattened out, as far as how good special effects can can look. You know, that's an interesting question. In the last decade, because when you and I were chatting in the pre-show, I said, you know, I'll, I'll go to the mat, defending how great Battlestar Galactica still looks. Mm-hmm. You know, you watch that pilot, the four-hour pilot, um, the backdoor, uh, you know, miniseries to see if right. they could get a, get a buy, right? Mm-hmm. And that show looks extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Those Cylon base ships, the Raiders, oh. the Vipers, Galactica yeah. itself, um, all of the, uh, the ragtag fugitive fleet. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that show looks like a million bucks now. Right, right. I think it may speak to your, you know, flattening the curve. It's like it's like Babylon Five was five years ahead of its, ahead of its sweet spot from a special effects perspective, right? Right, right, right. right. It needed it needed to be just a couple of years later to be able to pull off what it was trying to do. Right, and, I mean, and if you J- look at the difference from the beginning to the end of the series, just uh, in those yeah, five years, yeah, practically night and day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and we talked over and over again about the, you know, you could, you could do a. You could do a course on the development of of visual effects mm-hmm. and do do a whole week of teaching on Babylon Five and not and still not not capture everything that you ought to. Um, right. Because in its time in nineteen ninety three when it came out, I thought it looked definitely worse than what they were offering over on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm a models guy, right? Right. So right. they were still. When when did they do the switch over from models to to CG? I don't think Star Trek became full CG, frankly, until Discovery. I mean, until mm. Enterprise. 
until okay. Enterprise. Uh, I think Voyager was a model, if memory serves. Hmm. There were a lot of other things in that show that weren't. DS9, yeah. Deep Space Nine itself was a model. Right. Uh, but there were other digital, there were digital ships and digital effects and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm a, I'm a models guy, so, so I, was, I, I leaned to DS9 while respecting what Babylon 5 was trying to do. Yeah. Um, and I thought it, it, it had, it had a visual integrity mm-hmm. that, that it ought to have. Right. You could clearly differentiate um, a Babylon Five ship from any other universe's ship. Right. Right. The Babylon Five station itself, and the Earth Alliance ships. You know, kind of look a bit like the. Alexei Leonov from 2010 or whatever, but yeah. that's fine. Yep. For me, yeah. that I'm all in, right? Absolutely. But God bless when you start to bring in these other nations, the Mimbari, and the Vorlons in particular. Mm. Those ships were unlike anything anyone else was making, and they could only have done it with CGI. And good for them. Right. 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 Yeah. I don't know how you'd construct a model of that Vorlon ship with sort of the the, the flower opening. I don't think it could be done. No. Right? Because it has to be organic, right? Right. Right. And you could probably make the Vorlon, uh, the Membari cruiser in a model. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but boy, you know, it, it looked great. And yeah. every single thing mm-hmm. on the exterior, all of the exterior visual effects in this Lost Tales. Oh, my God. I just, I wanted to go out and buy a bigger television. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, I watched it on a really good set, and I couldn't. I have no faults. Right, mm-hmm. folks. If you've never seen this and you were sort of ambivalent, eh, you listen to this show, but you're mm-hmm. you're com- you're just completing it, right? And you you haven't watched any of the things in the past. Um. Nothing but the firmest endorsement to go watch this. Yeah, the you Star know. Furies in the second half in the second Ridiculous. story looked looked so gorgeous the movement of them oh yeah i think they had i think they had more realistic feeling movement in those two star furies than they did in anything that any of the fighters that we'd seen in in the main of the series correct um the even even the bits inside the station i noticed there was a there was a part in lockley's quarters where you can where you see part of the part of the station rotate past right you know when it, oh, when it right. goes under that 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 spine that, that sticks out over the top ah uh, uh, yes and i was like that that's just fantastic and and you could see the stars you know moving it gave it it gave it the the, the sense of rotating that that they didn't do back in the series or that i, I never right. got maybe maybe they did maybe i just missed it but yeah it was it was breathtakingly beautiful it really was yeah I totally remember that scene in Lockley's quarters where, yeah, where you could. It was so. It was so obvious, right? Yeah, something goes past the window, and you're like, "Oh my god, this whole place is rotating." What the yeah. hell, right? Yeah. And of course, the um, that brings in all of the science, right? The mm-hmm. the gravitational plating and all this right. kind of stuff, right? Right. Which, you know, if you're a if you're watching these kind of shows, you want those kind of details. Yeah. Right, you want to see that because it it just oh my god it looks slamming yeah yep uh, and and not too much of that um, silly lens flare kind of effect 
that can make all of this sort of feel a bit too a bit too precious and a bit too you know oh look, yeah. look at how look at how clever we are right yeah it's yeah. good it's definitely solid did work. not have the stink of abrams on it right epsilon mm-hmm. three look good yeah oh right? yeah yeah <clears throat> um so i feel richly rewarded yeah for having for having made it to this point mm-hmm. by you know by that and i hope that they that they think about uh, you know what they what what they might do or contribute. You know down the road. Mm. Now, as to the story, yeah, we've got two. Yep. Uh, nominally connected in time, but totally con- totally disconnected in in storytelling purpose and intention. Right. Well. Oh, okay. Talk no, talk, I, talk, I, talk to me. Well, my when I when I finished watching the second piece. Yep. I kind of sat back and I and I weighed the two of them, you know, like like the 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 heart and the feather on the scales of uh, of some sort of Egyptian god. Right. Uh, um, Anubis judges. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I found it a little wanting, in that both stories were too similar. Now the trappings mm-hmm. were very different, mm-hmm. but the kind of a lot of the beats and the resolution in particular was i mean it was classic babylon 5 it was it was um uh it, any by any means necessary it was it, it was the 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 commander realizes you know a a a third way out of the the puzzle realizes <laughs> how to slice the gordian knot yeah yeah uh at, you know, at the at the the crucial last moment right. and and through through cleverness and both of the stories hinge on like something that was said and understanding the meaning behind that little thing that was said right uh to to save the day so in some ways i i i feel like i would have enjoyed these better if there were some distance between the two of them mm-hmm. you know if they it, it's like if you get picard surrendering the enterprise you know four episodes in a row uh try 40 episodes like, in a row yeah yeah <laughs> it's like come on come on you know who 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 gave this guy the keys? You know, he should he should not be in the captain chair if he's going right. to just give it up all the time. Uh, you you just don't want things that are that tonally or thematically similar. Mm-hmm. You know, right up against each other. Yeah, yeah, I I, I totally take your point. Yeah, Captain Picard, we're being hailed by a pack led vessel. We surrender. Surrender the ship. Yeah, prepare um, to be boarded. Prepared. Uh, we you you may board us at your leisure. Yes. Um, um, you know, if they'd had, if they'd been able to extend, well, I mean, these are both taking place at the same time, so they, they kind of had to be together. But yep. if they'd put a a Londo episode, or if they'd put uh, a Garibaldi episode, or or Veer, or 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 or, or yep, and on and on, uh, then just to to break things up a little bit, that might have uh, just it, it it might not have seemed as 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 repetitious. Yeah, I I completely take your your point that there's um a, they're they're a little too a little they overlap a little too much mm. in terms of their beats, right? Yeah. Um and the fact that both employ what we might call the Sinclair maneuver. Yes. Right is also 
maybe something we might not want. Very Babylon 5, though. Oh, pure okay. distilled Babylon right. 5. Yeah, yes. so it's, it's Babylon 5 in a, in a small jigger, right? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you watch Babylon 5, you get Babylon 5, right? You know, right. you don't want... It, yeah, it, it does it, what it says on the tin, or, yeah, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and, at, you know, that's all, you know, that's all to the, to the good. Yeah. Um, clear they didn't have a lot of money to work with, right? It's a very stagey, yeah. right, you know, sort of set mm-hmm. piece, you know, like, like, uh, like not a one-person play, but you've just got three actors, right, mm-hmm. kind of, you, you know, lots of, lots of talking, right. you know, lots of moving through sets that are easy to make. Yeah. And therefore inexpensive, right? Right, right. Because you know. they, they I, I can't imagine they had those sets in storage for 10 years. Oh, surely not. They, they had to make stuff from scratch. Yeah. Which is probably why we didn't get anything of a Mimbari ship interior. Right, too, too you know, expensive. Yeah, we just got a chair, uh, some, sort of, uh, uh, some sort of easy chair in a spotlight. Right, which you can do for, you know, 200 bucks. Right. Right. Um, now, a- as to the stories themselves, did you like one more than the other? About the same? I I think I liked over there the um, the the Lockley story better. You and I agree. Um, okay. It's always dangerous. Right. I I thought the actor playing you know the maintenance worker who was overcome mm-hmm. was just serviceable okay he, he was he had to be over the top in in the nature of his role and right. it's it's hard to it's hard to come across with any kind of gravitas when you have to be that kind of like drooling ha 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 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he was just fine yeah. and you know in the past babylon 5 has often made casting decisions with characters like this who are you know, Ari Benzane, I mean, totally mm-hmm. inappropriately acted, right? right? You know, you're right. at a 13, I need you at an 8. He was yep. at an 8, fine, mm-hmm. yep. right? Yep. Um, I thought that the actor playing the the priest was mm-hmm. perfect. Not father, yeah. not brother Theo perfect, right? Right. But he was perfect, okay? Yeah. And uh, all remaining objections to Tracy Scoggins in this part. Uh, she melted away mm-hmm. in this role. I thought she was dynamite. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, I think I was I, pissed that Claudia Christian went and I was just yeah. not prepared to give her any any time of day and I remembered her from Lois and Clark and hated her in that. So you yeah. know, you know, Goldstein, Goldstein, I'm not even gonna let you let you do right. anything, right? I thought right. she was dynamite. I agree. I you know I, I through season five and through the movies that we've where we've seen her, you know that when she had time to really unpack a scene, yep, um, and the episodes that she was in, I, I think she did a, a terrific job and you know, better than I remembered. But then again, I don't know that I watched too much of season five at the time, and I, like you, was was biased against her going in, and and you know I've been proven wrong, and I think you know I think a lot of people both. At the time, especially at the time that it was airing, probably had the same kind of feeling about, uh, oh well, she's no Ivanova, right? Well, you know, nobody's going to be Ivanova again. Yeah, 
And she so, isn't Ivanova, and that's fine. Yeah. And that is fine. Right. That is. Because she, Tracy Scoggins is a capable actor mm-hmm. who can elevate material that's just okay. Everyone on the show struggles with material that isn't very good. Give mm-hmm. her good stuff, and she's great. You know, that yeah. the business with Garibaldi, mm-hmm. right? That through line in season five. Yeah. Which I thought started, they should have gotten over what they took six episodes to do. They should have done that in three. Yeah. But once they got past it and their similarities, the friction caused by their similarities could be could be more productively explored, mm-hmm. uh, that relationship became great. And I thought, I, I, I thought that uh, she was one of the only things worth a damn in River of Souls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. And you know, if you want to if you want to get a sense of 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 how little progress film and television had made on uh, women and women's issues and women's representation, all you need to do is watch River of Souls and yeah. see how stupid and exploitative even good stuff can be, you know? Yeah. Um but what I liked about this is that Lockley as a as an Earth Force commander who has a very richly detailed backstory mm-hmm. has an appropriately uh, nuanced, troubled, confused relationship with the priest and what the priest represents. Right. Right. And we've said this for five years. Well, our, well, we we've been we've been going for three, but right. the you know for the show's five, yeah. that Babylon Five deserves all the kudos it gets and more for its skillful, um, sophisticated, mm-hmm. thoughtful approach to faith, spiritual traditions, and religion in a science fictional context, mm-hmm. and I think that what that priest was describing is precisely what would happen to um, to uh, human religious traditions mm-hmm. in the event that there were spacefaring societies and you know right. whatever right although I, I you know I, I questioned when he said you know we got out there and there was there wasn't an angel to be found well I mean you did have the Vorlons that's that account for something <laughs> right, um, right right but I don't know how much of word of the Vorlons trickled back to earth it, right you know it definitely seemed like like they didn't know anything about what happened in the whole shadow war we got that impression at one point correct when they, so because news was blockaded out so you know maybe that doesn't doesn't reflect but you know they they were out there they were seeding the galaxy with these with this religious iconography to right. uh, uh to, to bring the lesser races in line Right. Uh, so, you know, there are, and and we've seen, we've seen so many big cosmic wonders throughout the course of this right. series. Right. That, you know, maybe maybe re- new religions are supplanting the old ones. That it's like, well, yeah, you know, we didn't really find that, but we found this new thing, and and we're going to kind of spin on spin on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Which is why I always thought that the the opportunity to discuss foundationism, Dr. Franklin's mm-hmm. tradition, yeah. 
should have really been opened up. Yeah. I would have loved on his uh, walkabout in season three mm-hmm. that that be deeply part of what his experience was, right? Because then we could have seen yep. what a new a new a new tradition might look like, right? Yeah. Because you know we live in a world now where new traditions are are called cults and mm-hmm. are dismissed, failing to acknowledge that plenty of religious traditions that exist today when they started were dismissed mm-hmm. as cults and you know Absolutely. what have you right um yeah so i thought i thought the priest did a dynamite job of mm-hmm. capturing what it must feel like to be doing doing what he views as the mm-hmm. lord's work yeah in a universe that is full of wonder Right. And maybe is not all that interested in what he has to offer. Yeah. Right? I thought that was that was nicely done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and we're left without really a good answer to the question of what was that thing that Asmodeus or Asmodeus. Yeah. However you, you say it. Uh yeah. if if a lot of these angels and demons and kind of thing were actually Vorlon plants. Right. Well, the story that this that this demon tells is clearly something different. I mean it it, it, it lies about, you know, being seeded throughout throughout the universe so that they can be found as as uh, as humanity explores. Right. But the nature of being trapped on Earth and needing to get out to trick their way out somehow you know, the, the, it's it's one of these like, well, there's something else going on here. Was this was this a first first ones or a Vorlon, you know, uh, offshoot, leave behind, whatever you want to call it, or was this something entirely different? Well, it's impossible to know, right? Yeah. Left yeah. is sort of a mystery. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend. to to think it feels like Vorlon shenanigans. It definitely feels like Vorlon or Shadow. Right. And I'm prepared to accept that it may have started as that, Mm -hmm. but like the, uh, like the, the people who were in the Soul Hunter bowling ball, the, the Rugellans, I can't remember their name. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you could imagine someone who was planted by the Vorlons, you know, in, 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 in the ineffable time of the past might have gone a little a little nuts and concocted a story based on stories that, he, that he's been reading on yeah. Earth, right? And seeing himself in this kind of Christian-centered context and telling himself this story and you know, it may yeah. be that he was imprisoned, you know, in the sense that you can't leave Earth because you have a job to do. Mm, right. Fair. You know, yeah. kind of, you know, losing track of what your original expectation was. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't have any reason to believe it's techno mages or, you know, that it's the exorcist. You know, it's yeah. not Pazuzu or any mm. of this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. It feels Vorlonish yeah. to me. So that's yeah. where I, that's where I land. If it if it quacks like a Vorlon, then it is a Vorlon. 
There is no quack. <laughs> the quacking is the duck, and the duck the, is the quacking. The quacking has always been here. There has always been the quacking. Yeah. <laughs> when the quacking begins, it's too late for the ducks to... Anyway, I think we should move when on. When the quacking uh, begins, it's too late for the ducks to swim. It is. Yeah. Well, this is, this my is work the here is done. That people, <laughs> that people have tuned in for three years to listen to. <laughs> This is the. This is exactly it. I don't recall yeah. charging anyone or, f- you know, putting anyone in a, uh, uh, oh. you know, in a stasis chamber. And oh, uh, you you, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Nobody How's that? Tell new- John. Nobody tell John that everybody's been paying for this show for three years and right. I've been siphoning off the proceeds. Right. Well, that would explain the Tesla you bought. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So, so first story, you yeah. know. Uh, Three sets, three actors, mm-hmm. um, cheap, cheap, right? Yep. Second, we got some Star Furies. Yep. And we've got, you know, Captain Sheridan, and we need to do Quantum Space, uh, which, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, I, I was puzzled at the start of this about what direction it was going, and it felt like in the first act of Sheridan's story that it was going to be a different, a completely different kind of thing than it turned out to be. Yes. It was, it was almost like, well, I had this little idea and uh, this one's running short. So I'll just kind of throw in Sheridan giving the zinger to a, uh, to a reporter because he's never really liked the reporters, mm-hmm. which I remember Sinclair having a more adversarial relationship with the support, with the, the reporters. I know Sheridan didn't like them once they had, uh, you know, um, misrepresented him. Uh, uh, right, right. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely a Sinclair. Yeah, I remember Sinclair hiding from. Him, yeah, you know? right, right. Um, so, uh, w- part part of which makes me wonder. You know, I think these JMS had said these were stories that he had always had in his head, but never fit, was able to fit in anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, clearly, because of the timing of the storyline the second one had to be Sheridan. But I wonder if, if the first story, if you could have dropped in Sinclair or you could have dropped in Sheridan in place of Lockley and how those, how that would have worked. So. That it it could have been something during their tenure, not necessarily after, you know, 10 years after, you know, everybody else has left the station. I see. Uh, you would have had to do if it's if it's. I don't think it works with with Sinclair because you don't have Jeffrey O'Hare available. I mean, yeah, that's that's true. Right? If you're making it, yeah, if you're making it at this time in two thousand eight, then two thousand seven, two thousand eight, then yeah. then yeah, you don't. But if yeah. if it had been written and put in as an episode in the in the the queue. It totally would have worked. Yeah, I think it could have worked with any of them. Yeah, I, I don't think have... the second story, no, works in that way. But the first story, oh, by all means, drop it in. Yeah, I've got ten episodes you could take out. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. That would have been this one would have been a better one shot than these ten. Sure. Right. Um, and if you had done it with, if you had done it with Sinclair in his time, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it would have been a. Top five episode of season one, probably. Yeah, I definitely think so. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. 
anyway, that's just something else that was rattling in my brain. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you're right that, that because, because we're dealing with someone who's going to be the future emperor. Yep. You know, after Londo and, and in particular that it's, uh, in particular that, it, that it's Cartagia's son, which. Right. Okay, that's a little weird. I I hadn't seen that twist of uh, twist of the secession uh, lines coming. Right, right. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's a, it, it, the the what we what we saw on Earth, notwithstanding. Hmm. Uh, I think that the work that Sinclair is Sinclair Sheridan is going to have to do. Mm-hmm to get this prince to to not be a product of his culture. I don't know. Yeah, well he's going to have to do a lot of work and it's going to be it's going to be tough because a he's only got a handful of years left. Right. At this point. Something that he doesn't really address. Right. So yeah, I'm going to take this kid in and I'm going to be responsible for him. Yeah, but really it's Delenn's problem, not mine. Right. Long term, frankly. Right. right. Uh, and B, during this whole time, at some point, there's going to be the whole betrayal, uh, the whole that, that, that present that Londo gave yep. to David. Yep. And that's going to come up and that's going to upset the whole apple card as well. Right. Um, which is going to make a really rough time for that for that family. Yeah. Very hard to know. That. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough ten years. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't sure where they were gonna go. Mm-hmm. I thought there's no way Sheridan is gonna shoot this kid out of the sky. Right. I don't. Yeah. I mean. I, no. I, th- I could. I couldn't see that happening. In, in any, you know, it was either going to be a test, right, from from Galen, right, or it was going to be that the kid was going to say something that was particularly evocative, and right. Sheridan was going to realize, you know, there is good in him, right, kind of thing, right. Um, yeah, the only thing that was not going to happen was, you know, yeah. I will blow you out of the stars. There's no way. No. No. Sh- and, Sh- Sheridan is the lawful goodest of lawful good do-gooders, right? Yeah. yeah. And honestly, putting that putting that option on the table in front of him, come on, Galen should have known better. If he, if he, I mean, it, they've crossed paths at some point, I believe, in one right. of the movies or something. Yep. Uh, so they're familiar with each other. Uh, clearly, Galen knows what's going on with Sheridan, I think, more than the other way around. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like sending the... Uh, Sending that that um, EarthGov Intel agent to seduce him, right? Right. Please, Stupid. Do, do your homework. Right. You know, you're not gonna not gonna happen. Right. Yeah. Doesn't have enough head ridge. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna try that strategy, you could have used it on Stephen Franklin. Oh, absolutely. You would have only needed a. Uh, you know, an hour in the afternoon, and you would have gotten everything that you need out of him, right? Lined up, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yep. chick, chack, you're yeah. done. Um, now, you would just have to 
you would have to have an ironclad case of and have this kid demonstrating absolute sociopathic incapable of relating to any other human in any kind or Mm -hmm. any other being in any other in any kind of 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 emotional way Mm -hmm. uh, to force Sheridan to do that it's just it's absolutely unthinkable yeah there's yeah quite literally no way right yeah especially in a one-off I mean come on let's let's back up and look at the meta for a, a second here if this were at the start of a season and it's something that Sheridan then had to kind of live with and and deal with. Right. You know, there's a lot of meat on that bone. But not for a one-off. Yeah, not for a one-off, right? Yeah. Um, I um, I think that, that Bruce Boxleitner, as, as he moves in... As he gets older, mm-hmm. gets more gravitas. Uh huh. Right. I thought he was really quite good in this. Oh, I agree. Um, yeah. And I don't think the material was any particularly more elevated than what he normally gets, but he just he was he was good. Yes. You know. And did you you don't watch Supergirl, right? I I didn't see the part where he was on it. No, I did not see that season. Yeah, he was uh, the the president of the United States mm-hmm. after yep. uh, Wonder Woman had to give way after linda carter yeah yeah and brent spiner was supposed to be yeah the president but they brought you know box lightner in as a Mm -hmm. as a last minute replacement yeah um you know jean-vive bougeau she can't she just (laughs) couldn't handle it um yeah and uh and he was good you know he was he was scenery chewing big big Uh time in that in that role but he was good yeah um i think i mean he he We've seen him scenery chew a couple of times when he when he gets to go off leash. I think he really yeah yeah it. that's true yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, well, what actor doesn't? You know, I think it just it's just fun sometimes to go that big. Totally. Yeah. Right. Um, so, what are we missing? Uh, I think that's a solid look at the two pieces uh i i wish that it hit i wish it picked up i would you know even if it like i said if it was just you know every couple of years or something um kind of you know although i guess there aren't that many shows that that have that kind of model successfully are there no there really aren't um i mean if you look at if you look at the revival of the star trek universe television universe Mm -hmm. right with Discovery, and now Picard, mm-hmm. and if memory serves, at least three shows in development: the animated, mm-hmm. the lower decks show, mm-hmm. the Section Thirty One show with Michelle yep. Yao, yeah, and now the Strange New Worlds, yeah, the new Captain Pike show. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. I, oh, I cannot wait. I was, I, I, I don't know, I was almost in tears when I, yeah. when I, when I saw that announcement. I, I, I was beside myself, right? I, I love Anson Mount's Captain Pike so much. He's my favorite mm-hmm. character in sci-fi right now. Yeah, really? I just love huh. him. Hmm. 
I'm, I'm, I may have to go back and rewatch season two of Discovery at some point to kind of refresh that. I, he's good. There's no question about God, that. But, just, uh, but yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Um, and we didn't have much of the character, you know, so he's really able to. We had yeah. kind of a bare bones of, yeah. of who Pike was, and he's a, he's got some room to grow that character. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry, I was taking you off your point. No, no. Uh, I think that the the Star Trek television universe that's being built mm-hmm. is indicative of what someone, uh, you know, uh, everyone's trying to have their own streaming series now. You want a tentpole mm-hmm. sci-fi show? Well, maybe uh, maybe when ABC builds its CBS All Access or its Peacock Network or whatever, mm-hmm. someone would want to go back and look at Babylon 5 as a potential tentpole to, to reboot. I mean, Peacock's going to reboot Galactica, which doesn't seem possible yeah. to me. Uh, it's time I don't know how you keep the Ronald Moore universe intact as your, as your sandbox. Mm-hmm. The whole point of that is there's Galactica. Yeah. Right? And anything you do that, that undermines the premise of Galactica damages that show. And therefore the whole universe. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, they tried with Caprica. They've yeah, tried with other spin-offs. that went backward in time, right? Yeah. Right? Oh. Which, you know, prequels. I don't want any prequels. I'm, in my I'm tired of prequels. No, no prequels. Less Arthur. No prequels. Less Arthur. I That's do not want chocolate in my peanut butter. Yeah. Cassie right. Tatro, 2020. No prequels, less Arthur. Chocolate, peanut butter, negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> the politics of failure have failed. We must make them work again. Cassie Tatro, 2020. Yeah. Um, on the Foundationist Party platform. Sure, why not? Ah, maybe that's something we could do in the fullness of time. Um, yeah. So, but the the great thing about the Babylon Five universe is, unlike the Galactica universe, it is open ended and expansive. It was the right. dawn of the third age of mankind, for pity's sake. It yeah. can't be any more mythic era. Right. Do anything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I liked uh, just a quick aside. Mm-hmm. I liked. It was a little melancholy note. The, the, op- the opening narration. That's not where no. I was going. I was oh, going okay. to sorry, the please. Franklin uh, yes. joining Shakar on his journeys yeah. beyond the rim. Yes, you know, since, since both, both of them had passed just yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That was, I was like, oh, that, that's, that's, it's nice. Yeah. Right? I feel bad, a nice but it's nice, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 I, I, the opening narration, which was Jakar you know, some of his lines from toward the end of season five mm-hmm. about how the place, you know, echoes mm-hmm. and, and it gave me chills. Yeah. You know, just, just hearing that and watching the, watching this beautiful graphic See, We've said already many times about how gorgeous this thing was. Watch it blow up. Right. Know, as he's saying these words, I was just like, Oh man. Yeah. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know, uh, you could imagine Sure. Uh, a show set in the Babylon Five universe with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with uh, a human crew doing exploration beyond the rim, uh, right. you know, interplanetary investigations, right? Um, Interstellar Alliance, Rangers, mm-hmm. you could try to reboot Crusade, 
you know, there's all sorts of things you might do that would be totally watchable. Yeah, Babylon 11. You know, you you can. Nobody says it was. Did they? Or did they say it was the last? They do say it was the last of the Babylon stations, don't they? At some point. Then you you create a new a new station mm-hmm. designation, right? Right. Right. You know. The name of the place is Gemini Three or something like right. that, right? I, you know, I, I, and I, and I understand they, they do that. They get away with that with Star Trek, uh, you know, with Deep Space Nine or Discovery or things like that. But I don't know about how deep the brand, the Babylon Five brand, is. If they're going to launch a spin-off show, you know, footnote Sea Crusade, that that doesn't have, you know, the title isn't evocative of the original i think there's a reason they went with star trek the next generation yeah when they when they revived the franchise right well i mean look it's not like anyone's giving me any money to do this but if it's me i'm gonna reboot the show Uh uh-huh i'm gonna restart prestige format the show Mm -hmm. use the bible that exists to guide the to guide the decisions coming Mm mm-hmm but I'm going to Ronald Moore it, and I'm going to use it as an inspiration, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the 12 colonies, a Battlestar called Galactica, uh, Cylons, right? Uh, I'm right. going to have Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have an Earth Alliance in the Mimbari. I'm going to have the Battle of the Line. It's going to be the dawn of the, the Third Age of Mankind 10 years after the Earth Mimbari War. Mm-hmm. But everything else is going to be what it needs to be for now, Right and reboot it and once you get two years in if it's i mean look i think anyone saying you know what i think you ought to risk your whole career on doing a reboot of battlestar galactica Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a lot of sense right because yeah because it shouldn't have worked but the ratings were over the over the top right right make make it Make in the beginning again. Do it properly mm-hmm. and see if anyone watches. And if they do, Bob's your uncle. And if they don't, yeah. all right, you're, you know, it, it doesn't have enough traction. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Galactica in 2002 is surely no more niche than Babylon 5 is now. Yeah, possibly. Right? Yeah. I, I... yeah, we don't know because it hasn't been made, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, right. my own... As much as I love Babylon 5, my own, you know, deepest, deepest preference is to have Space Above and Beyond mm-hmm. rebooted. Right? That's or what Space I want to see. Or 1999. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just watched, maybe a week ago, this uh-huh. ridiculous Chinese movie called The Wandering Earth. Based okay. on based on a short story by Shushan Liu, uh-huh. uh, yeah. a three body problem, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the basic shtick is the sun is the sun is going to make life on Earth unlivable in a hundred years, and the United Earth government gets together and decides to build uh, enough engines to generate and build engines all over Earth with sufficient power to thrust the Earth out of orbit. And point it on course for Alpha Centauri. My and, eyebrow is arching yeah, so high right now. Right. It's, it's practically hitting the ceiling. And go, yeah. right? So you have you have thrust engines to thrust uh-huh. the planet through space. 
and then like orientation engines which were used to basically stop the planet's rotation okay okay so that the thrust engines so that the, it just becomes like a right <clears throat> i i yeah i'm okay. seeing a lot of physics issues with this right uh, right yeah um it was yeah it's like oh okay so this is space 1999 with an attempt at physics uh-huh right um yeah it was it looked great but it was it was sort of classic mm. popcorn cornball sci-fi you know mm-hmm. yeah it's, um, it has its place totally yeah. yeah um so so we bid farewell yeah to babylon 5 uh but not to this podcast we have mm-hmm. one episode to go chris and i are going to reflect on the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990s science fiction television program Babylon yes. 5, right? Yeah. Share some thoughts on our own, uh, uh, our own, uh, you know, what did we get out of this? Mm. You know, and uh, we'll have some top five lists and, we, and other as fun, we always do. fun doodads yeah. to, uh, to end with. Yeah. And if you have any, any questions, any issues you that you think uh anything that you would like to have us bring up in that final episode you know, throw a throw a note on the facebook page or send us an email the name of the pod at gmail.com which i don't which i think maybe two people have used in the course of the the past three years that's all right we have a lively that, facebook group that facebook is where it's at nobody uses email anymore right i mean come on what is it yeah. it's not the yeah. dawn of the second age of mankind chris exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll put some questions up on on the Facebook group as well. Yeah. Um, to get your, you know, your sense if anyone has any, hey, you never talked about X. Mm-hmm. Talk about X. Or, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd love to know your, you know, my favorite X was Y. What was your favorite X? Right. Yeah. That, that yeah, kind of thing, right? That, you um, know, that's, those, those are things we'd love to talk about. You know, yep. we'd love to have that kind of back and forth with the audience more uh, because, you know, we know you've you've been listening for all this time, and you yep. want we want to you know reinforce that you're part of this too. Totally, we're so grateful for all the great feedback that we've gotten, both mm-hmm. uh, constructively negative, and uh, you know keep on going, guys. Positive, right? You know it's because you know in in all fairness, it takes a lot of time, and oh. a lot of effort, man hours, mojo, mm-hmm. to you know to make a show, and mm-hmm. uh, even one as half-assed as we've done. Would you stop? <laughs> <laughs> you are okay. you, you you were full assing it i was quarter assing you it, so are it averages out to half you're tiresome this is my role and on that note <laughs> friends go out and watch lost tales and we'll see you next time all right take okay care, everybody bye now bye john